0: This is Doing Daily. I'm your host, Jonathan Stark, and today I am joined by daily emailer, Rochelle Moulton. Check it out. Rochelle, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Jonathan. This should be fun.
0: Yes. So for those who are new to you, haven't encountered your name before, could you just give a quick who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Rochelle Moulton, and I help solo consultants who want to build their ideal authority
0: business. And co host of The Business Authority with yours truly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> How could I have left that out?
0: Right. It's, it's funny. It's like, it's just funny, like meeting someone where you don't expect them. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's kind of lightning round this. We've got a bunch of questions, and you're a, a unique case, I think, in most of the people I'm going to interview, and in that you've stopped emailing daily. So I'm interested in drilling into that. Um, but specific to the daily list, when you were doing that, who was the intended audience?
1: So it's basically, you know, solo consultants who want to build their ideal authority business. And I had before that, I was really focusing more on using the words personal brand. So the shift was to authority. That was Mm. the change with the daily list.
0: And what was the promise to the reader? Like you're going to show up in their inbox every day and they're going to be glad because?
1: Because I'm going to show you how to build and scale your business as
0: a soloist. All right. And when did you start doing that?
1: I actually had to look this up for you. So I started in October 2019. So it was before COVID. And I ended at the very end of 2020.
0: So just about two years? One is year. That, is that right? Just about, okay, one year. One sorry. year, yeah. A little okay. over a year. Okay. And and why did you make the switch to daily? You've been doing weekly before that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was doing weekly and then, you know, some occasional sales kinds of emails. But I really felt because I was switching from talking about personal brand to authority, I wanted to make sure that I had something to say and i had some ideas yeah i know i always have something to say but i had some ideas and i really wanted to test my concepts and i thought well, if i do daily and i made it a new list i didn't just send daily to everybody on my old list so i thought this will give me a chance to kind of you know move around a little bit and see what resonates and what doesn't
0: cool were you nervous at all about starting a daily list making that daily commitment oh yes <laughs> yeah,
1: I would. It was like, what do I have to say every day that people will value, you know? And then the other part of the nerves was that, you know, I was still working with strategy clients. Like, what would happen if I got really busy? Would I be able to do the, the email for that day? So, yeah, I was nervous, definitely.
0: And what benefits did you get out of it when you, once oh, you started?
1: Yeah. So the first thing was not really what I expected, but it, it became grist for my book. Like writing about this stuff every day really helped me to crystallize my thinking about authority, you know, in the expertise space and especially for soloists. And so, yeah, and I did also get some deeper relationships with some people on the list. There's just something about the trust that develops when they let you in their in their email box every day.
0: Mm -hmm. So what brought you what made you decide to stop?
1: You know, it's interesting. I think it was a couple things. One is it it just started to feel like too much. And I, I didn't, I don't know, I felt like it was getting a little stale. Oh, listen, my voice caught when I said that. It was getting a little stale. I, I hate saying that. Oh, yeah. And I th- I think the other piece was that I really realized what I wanted to do with this topic. And I, I wanted to write a book with it. And um And the other piece was that I had started writing before the pandemic. I kept writing through it. And I felt like that was important. I felt like a lot of people in my audience were really struggling with what to do in the pandemic. So I didn't want to stop because I felt like I was providing a service and so then when I stopped the daily what I started to do was I I would uh, email twice a week usually on Mondays with the podcast and a unique piece on Wednesdays and then sometimes on Fridays I would write another piece and then any sales emails would fit in around those
0: gotcha so when you were doing daily would you pretty much write one and send it every day or was it more like you'd you know write seven of them and schedule them to go out over the course of the week or something in between
1: yeah i mostly wrote every day except on the weekend when i first did it i wrote every day and i'm like no 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 i need some free headspace so usually my friday would be i'd write friday saturday and sunday Mm-hmm. Or, or sc- excuse me, I'd write, how did I do this? No, on Friday, I would write Saturday and Sunday. But you know me, I have to schedule stuff. So I would write it and then schedule it to go at another time. I wouldn't just like send it live.
0: Got it. And with those dailies, I'm also curious to know if this has changed. With those dailies, how long was it taking you to write one compared to maybe a weekly or, or the schedule that you're on now? Were they Did it take less time or more time, about the same?
1: Yeah, less time. Yeah, I definitely took less time because I, I would say my normal writing time for a longer post, longer being, you know, under 500 words, um, is less than an hour to actually write it. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. editing can take a little bit longer. And the, the short ones, as long as I had the idea, I, I mean, th- they almost wrote themselves. So, you know, I could do yeah. one sometimes in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour if I was really being, you know, a perfectionist.
0: Yep. Was there a particular time of day that you would do this or was it just whenever?
1: Well, I try to write in the morning. It doesn't always work with my schedule. But what I found for myself is that the afternoon is more creative. So if I have something where I'm really thinking about it and being analytical about it, morning is great. If it's I want to make connections on things or show them a new idea, I tend to write those in the afternoon.
0: Hmm. Do you have a particular spot that you like, you know, like a quiet spot or kitchen table?
1: I, you know, I, I mostly write at my desk or sometimes, especially if I was writing like at the end of a long day, I I'd like hop on the bed <laughs> because I can have my laptop and I can see the mountains in my little desert garden. So yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. I like a view. And is there a particular... Oh, sure. Um, it's very inspiring. Is there a particular... <laughs> you, you... <laughs> you mentioned your laptop. Was there a particular program that you would you know or an app that you would type into or did it kind of not matter you just jot down anywhere or on your phone maybe
1: yeah i am so boring when it comes to this stuff I, i just do it in word i'd open my laptop now sometimes like if i was out and about and i had my phone especially like if i'm at the gym or something and i get an idea I'll I'll type it out of my phone or my iPad whatever I've got but I would always wind up just cutting and pasting into Word and that way I always had it in my uh, in my uh, Dropbox and I, I file them by name and by date so I can always find things easily I you know I just like to have everything there
0: sure and what platform do you use to send messages
1: uh, ConvertKit
0: okay what what do you like or not like about ConvertKit
1: um I convert kit because when i switched and i think it was 2017 it was easier to use than uh some of the ones that had more bells and whistles but um it, i do wish that it was easier to play with fonts and templates in mm. convert kit it, i find that a little bit difficult
0: mm. and what did you switch from
1: MailChimp. And you know, at the yeah. time, I think MailChimp has tags now, but they didn't have it then. And you know, now that I have tags, I can't live without them, of course. So <laughs> yeah, I was glad I made the switch.
0: Cool. And I'm guessing you sent the messages out at the same time every day like you scheduled <laughs> the day before. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, was there did you use other than the scheduling itself? Did you use any automation or outsourcing in the process of publishing the messages?
1: Now the only thing I did is you know I use Buffer for social media, so I would uh, you know load the post into WordPress on my site, and then I would you know write a tweet or uh, something for LinkedIn and just put it in Buffer and let that schedule it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then ConvertKit would just pick up the post and send it out. Oh,
1: sorry, no, that would be too easy. No, I I did it in <laughs> ConvertKit too. Yeah, okay. kind of kind of analog when you think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, analog for something like this. Yeah. Um, Okay. So when you were doing daily, did you find that you ever got writer's block? How did you come up with enough stuff? You said you were worried you might not come up with enough stuff to write about, but what was your actual experience once you started?
1: Well, so I decided when it comes to writer's block that I never have writer's block. Now, obviously I'm not a fiction writer trying to find like the perfect plot, but I do get idea block sometimes. So my theory is, you know, if you have writer's block, just write, right? It will solve itself as you write, you'll figure it out. But when I get idea block where, like, I'm not sure what I want to write about, um, then I'll go for a walk or, you know, I've got 13 years of blog posts. And mm. so sometimes I'll just go through them and go, you know, what did, you know, what did I say in 2015? Was it, was it interesting? Is there something I can riff on that now? So, you know, I've got enough content that if I'm really, you know, feeling lame about ideas, <laughs> I can go back and, you know, pick something up from there.
0: Cool. Um, Okay, so in the in the emails themselves, the daily emails or or the emails that you're doing now, how often would you, if at all, would you promote your paid stuff? So other than just like a link to your homepage, was did you ever or how often did you link to like, oh, I'm launching a new course or my book is available, those sorts of things?
1: Yeah, no, I I totally did that. I I didn't do it like super often. I would say maybe 10 percent of the time. And arguably, I, I feel absolutely I could have done more of that. I, I would have been comfortable doing maybe twenty five percent, but I was, you know, working on my book. I, I had limited things I wanted to promote at that point.
0: Right. Have you ever used like affiliate links or paid placements in a uh, uh, in a, any of your emails?
1: No. Never. And I, I don't plan to. I mean, I, I never say never for the future, but I know. I do, I will recommend things, but I don't get paid for recommending them.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. In terms of audience engagement, I mean, I don't know if you can remember back then or if it's any different. It, that'd be interesting if it were. Uh, do you look at your open rates or click throughs or any of the other analytics or do you just kind of notice it when you log in and don't pay that much attention to it?
1: Well, I do look at them. I wouldn't say you know I'm not like rabid about it, and I couldn't easily put my hands on the open rates. You know, I want I, I wanted to give you like real numbers from when I was doing daily. Um, what I remember is that they were higher. Now, remember, it was also a smaller group because it was a subset of my main list, and a lot of people had opted in specifically to that list. But it was well over sixty percent. So whoa, yeah, sixty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was really happy with that. Now, understand, I never know if that really means 60% of people are opening them because I don't understand how they really track this stuff. But I use it as a comparison. Like if it's 60 versus 40, they're still doing the algorithm the same way. So, yeah, yeah. And and um, my, my highest, I remember, it was like 80%. But that was, you know, that was <laughs> obviously that was the exception. Free you know? money. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've, I've hit that a few times.
0: Yeah, that's extremely impressive. Like you said, the numbers are there's a lot of squishiness in there, but relative to other not, you know, relative to each other on your same list. But that's that's extraordinarily high uh, in my experience. So that's a really it's even if they're remotely close, that sounds like a very high quality, high, highly engaged list. So that's great.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it's not huge. You know, it's not it's not the biggest list around. But it is it's highly, highly curated is how I how I think about it.
0: Mm -hmm. And how many replies would you get in a week? So if you're sending out five, six, seven emails a week, would you get buried in replies? Or was it manageable? What was that like?
1: Oh, it was totally manageable. I would say maybe 10 to 20 on the high end. And, you know, the average is probably closer to maybe 12, 10 to 12, somewhere in there.
0: And would you reply to those or what what was the expectation there?
1: I did. I mean, that's the reason I did it is, you know, I wanted to have this kind of engagement with people and see what they thought about it. Um, And so I would respond to everybody. And then the only people I didn't respond to, and I don't think I had this on my daily list, I get it on my current list, is sometimes I don't understand them. And I don't mean I don't understand their question. I mean, I literally don't know what they said. Like, <laughs> it didn't make sense. Like, I mm. couldn't figure it out. And so those are those feel more like spam. And uh, so those I don't answer. But other than that, I answer them all.
0: Mm. Have you ever had the experience of getting a sort of Snarky or angry or argumentative reply. And if so, how would you deal with something like that?
1: Well, you know, I'm gonna sound a little like Pollyanna here. I don't get angry Replies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really I can't think of one. I mean on Twitter. I've seen some of those but um, Yeah, not on my list now. I'll get negative in the sense of um, I don't agree with you on this but they've been civil and yeah. and i like those too i mean i you know if, if they're saying nothing i'm learning nothing um and if they're saying they agree with me well that's great but if they can add more to that that's helpful and if they don't agree with it sometimes that's even more helpful so mm. i i love those
0: cool what do you do even now what do you do to attract more subscribers to the list
1: well, you know, my new, my new superpower is podcast guesting. It's like every time I podcast guest, well, first of all, podcast guesting for me and for most authorities, it sells books. That's the first thing it does. I can literally see the Amazon stats move when one of those guesting episodes is aired. And that translates into um, an email list growth. So that's the biggest thing. But then the other thing that I really want to do more often and I'm working on it right now is revamping. So right now I am working on a new lead magnet. Um, I'm writing a new welcome and nurture sequence and I'm probably going to retire a couple of my, my old lead magnets. So I think it's important to look at those things on some kind of a regular basis just to see if they're not not only to see like how are they working for you right are they converting but is it the message that you want to share with
0: people is it the right piece cool okay so um so that was subscribers what about unsubscribes do you pay attention to that or does it bother you or you you, what do you do about unsubscribes do you care
1: i i have two minds i want to say i don't care but that would not be true (laughs) So yeah, I, it's two things that happen. Sometimes I like, I, most of the time, I look at it and go, okay, I, I hope you got what you came for. I hope it worked for you. You know, go forth and prosper. That's where I am most of the time. Every once in a while, I'll look at the unsubscribes and I'll, I'll say, really? You really need this.
0: <laughs> you need <laughs> like this. Like you know the person, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So yeah, most of the time, you know, I'm good. But yeah, nobody likes to see this, you know, an unsubscriber, but it is the right thing, right? If they're not getting value from what's there, I don't want them there. I want them to go and, you know, find something else that works for them.
0: Have you ever pruned your list where you go through and you find disengaged people that haven't opened an email in three months or something and you just remove them?
1: Yeah, now I don't, you know, some people do this really regularly. And I respect that. And I, I, I would encourage that. Um, What I did maybe a year ago is I did a major purge, because I hadn't purged anybody like ever. Mm-hmm. And so I went in, I think I took 2000 people off the list, wow. all in, you know, pretty much one fell swoop. It took you know, a couple of iterations. Um, So yeah, I did do that. Um, And, you know, not surprisingly, the open stats went up. Duh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Right. All right, great. Well, so to wrap up, I've got two questions for people who might be listening. The first one is, what sort of person do you think would benefit from publishing a daily list?
1: Well, you know, I think there's two reasons to do a daily list, you know, in in the aggregate. And one is that your audience needs that level of interaction and you can help them consistently, i.e. you see a need and you fill it. And I mean, that's really powerful because it's based on your audience and, you know, you figure out how to, how to fill their need. The other is more, you know, you focused where you need to work out your point of view. So I'm talking about people in in the expert and authority space. In my mind, this is an ideal place for people who want to, to email daily, but you need to work out your point of view. Maybe you need to discover your voice and you can build your audience as you go. Maybe you have an audience of zero, yeah, this could be a great idea.
0: Right. Okay. So if someone did decide to take that plunge, they sort of see themselves in that profile. What advice would you give would you give to someone who's seriously considering starting a daily list?
1: All right. So if I could only use two words, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say exquisite clarity. Right. Hmm. So it's and, and I know it's hard when you're first starting because you're like, I'm not sure what I want to write about is get as clear as you can about who you want to help with this. Like who is your ideal audience and what is it that you want to teach them or show them or help them with? Right, and so um, with my own stuff, um, I always like to do somewhere between three and four lanes of content. And I would say the same thing here will really help: is that you, you know, you pick your overall topic, and then you pick some lanes, like what are the things that you want to write about, and you just stay in those lanes. And that way, you're not just emailing with people; you are building a body of work.
0: Perfect. Well, this has been great. Where can people go online to find out more about what you're doing?
1: rochelle
0: <laughs> perfect everything is will, there yes i will i will put the links in the show notes so you don't have to spell that for us and yeah and hopefully uh you get some more subscribers on your list
1: cool i'm looking forward to that <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for so.
1: thanks jonathan